your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 194 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller out in Canmore. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your first order. Well, we're seeing all over Europe loan agreements expiring and players migrating back to North America to start the season. Could a senator be the latest? We'll tell you that. And we begin another themed week. It's the North Dakota Fighting Senators beginning their NCHC pod. So we had to get the best insight possible. We're leading off the week with Brad Slossman. He covers the team for the Grand Forks Herald. And hey, the Tyler Clevin hype train may just leave the station. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Monday, November 30th in Pilsy. We've made it through another full month without Sens hockey. We just keep going along here on the Locked On Senators podcast. And hey, guys, we got another themed week for you. Hopefully you enjoyed that Cape Breton Eagles themed week. We had uh, a bunch of different personalities on for that. And we're going to do the same here. This week's theme, the Nodak Fighting Senators. And we've got a great guest for you coming up today. And I think, Ross, for sure we're going to have Brad back on. He had a lot of good insight throughout the the pod we're going to have him updating us for sure on these no dac players yeah not only brad but at the end you'll hear him say that you can watch every game on nchc tv we actually looked it up last night 44 dollars for every game in the bubble for 38 games 44 dollars. that's a pretty good deal and the play-by-play voice calling every one of those games stay tuned for tomorrow's show to hear from him but with brad so much great insight this guy grew up in the area he's been covering north dakota athletics for years and Guess what? Tyler Clevin from Fargo, North Dakota. And I loved the insight on him. Everyone's talking about how Tyler Clevin doesn't have skill. That's not what Brad thinks. So I'm excited to see that. And how about what he mentioned where if they have JBD on the top pair, Sanderson on the second pair, and Clevin on the third pair, you will have an Ottawa Senators prospect on the back end for 60 minutes a game. That's just the best. And Man, Sen's, at Sen's prospect better have his afternoons cleared if that's the case because he's going to have a lot of work on his hands. So the puck drops for North Dakota season this Wednesday against Miami of Ohio. And then it is right in to the fire. Friday night. Friday night hockey. Doesn't that just sound good to say? We're finally getting some real life hockey. It's North Dakota. It's Denver. Pilsy, that is going to be an awesome way to kick off. Everyone we've talked to about this college season has said the one of the teams that's most likely to knock down UND is Denver. So Denver coming up pretty much right away on Friday. We're going to see how this how this rivalry shapes up and I'm I'm stoked for it cuz yeah, University of Denver, you you always know that's another program pumping out really good NHL talent. Yeah, there's going to be talent all over the ice, that's for sure. And we're going to talk much more with Brad about that and then following Brad we're going to give you an update on a couple sends prospects but before that 
Always love looking back into the history vault. This day in Ottawa Senators history, it was yesterday, of course, Sunday. Day for God. No show here on the LOSP. But it was a very important game in sense history. Anytime you beat Montreal, it's great. A nice 4 nothing shutout. And that was Ray Emery's ninth consecutive win to start a career. That in itself, pretty impressive stuff. And his very first shutout. So when you can get your very first shutout against the Habs, 27 saves, not too bad. And that was that was just kind of the, the start of Ray Emery's great career in Ottawa. And I think the plan wasn't for him to be such such a good starting goaltender. I think he was going to, the plan was probably to have Ray Emery behind Dominic Hasek for at least two years, not just the one year, but we all know what happened there. And Ray Emery, he, imagine like Ray Emery pretty much grabbed that starting job from Dominic Hasek. Like if I remember correctly, there was a chance that the senators could have brought Hasek back and they decided not to. So that is a major nod to Razor. Yeah. It's kind of funny though, because with Razor, like, he played games in 2002-03. He played three, but two of them were as a relief appearance. And then same can be said in 03-04. So nine straight wins to start a career, but it took him three years, right? He had one win in 02-03, two wins in 03-04, then the lockout, and then he comes back and rattles off six more wins. So that's great in itself. And talk about starting a career on a high at a new city. You want to make a good first impression. Danny Heatley at that game yesterday, extended his point streak to start as a senator to 22 games. Only one behind Wayne Gretzky for most points to start a season with a new team. The fifth most points to start a season consecutively in NHL history. Three of the guys ahead of him, Wayne Gretzky. The other, Matt Sundin. And we can respect that from Sundin because it was with the Quebec Nordiques. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, good good call there. And man, Danny Heatley, like that is just wild. Yeah, I, I love how you say talk about a first impression. Like that trade bringing him over here, the chemistry he had with Jason Spezza and Daniel Alfredson, and you tweeted it as well, the NHL scoring leaders the morning after the game. Yeah. One and two, Daniel Alfredson. Three and four, Peter Forsberg. And then fifth, Danny Heatley. So three of the top NHL scoring leaders are Ottawa centers on the same line. Like that pizza line was just nasty. People in Ottawa eating pizza for years. Well, as I believe it was defense minister Tyler on the show was saying, or maybe he was on Twitter. He said this, but a sense central citizen that they had to up the amount of goals to get yeah. pizza <laughs> from five to six. And then they still hit six, almost every other game. And you said Alfie twice there. And that's fair. This guy cast a huge shadow. The Spez dispenser, number one in the league at this point, 41 points in 22 games. But what I found most interesting is in those 22 games, you had Spezza had 11 goals, Alfie had 20, and Heatley had 17. That's 48 goals from three players in 22 games. Like That is just absolute domination. There's no, there's no other way to put it. I mean, straight up. And the Sens, uh, from the Ray Emery tweet that was tweeted out, their record at that point was 19-3. and three. So when you've got a goalie that's as hot and sharp as Razor, and then you've got the best top line in the entire league, you're going to have some pretty good success. And they were rolling along the start of that season. Yeah, they sure were. And just to finalize that point on Danny Heatley, 22 game point streak, 17 goals, 21 assists for 38 points and he was a plus 23 so better than a plus one every single 
game. Wow, that's impressive. Almost as impressive as how good this UND team is. So without further ado, here he is, our chat with Brad Slossman. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest. He's a college hockey writer for the Grand Forks Herald, covering the University of North Dakota Fighting Senators, is what we're calling them on this show. It's Brad Sloshman. Welcome to the Locked On Senators podcast. How are you doing today, Brad? Thanks for uh, having me, guys. Hey, really appreciate you taking the time. It's a moment of intrigue here where we can actually talk about real hockey games, as we're over 260 days since the Ottawa Senators last played. But North Dakota, they're gearing up. They're heading to the Omaha bubble. Do, are they already in the bubble? Are they on their way there? What's the schedule look like for NODAC? As we currently speak, it is Saturday, and uh, they are not there yet. They're planning on leaving 9 a.m. Sunday. Uh, they'll head down there. They'll get uh, tested uh, once they get down there. They're being tested three times uh, on non-consecutive days in the week leading up. The last one will be within 24 hours of departure. Then they'll get another one right when they get there, and then they'll officially be in the bubble there. Uh, you know, they're calling it the pod because it's not a tight bubble like the NHL where they, you know, block completely blocked off from society. They'll still be in a hotel, and, you know, they're not blocking off streets or anything like that. But uh, they'll have pretty strict protocol there, and, you know, they'll essentially be as closed off as possible without it being a, a tight bubble like the NBA or NHL. This is going to be a really different season for college hockey. What do you anticipate are going to be some of the more harder adjustments for players and for coaches because your scheduling's different, the way you prepare for games is different, after the games is different. What do you think is going to be the toughest adjustment here? Well, I think, number one, uh, I think everyone's going to have to get used to the fact that things are going to change on the fly. So far, as of us talking right now, I believe one third of the college hockey games that have been scheduled have been postponed or canceled. So, you know, it's going to happen. And I think people need to get used to that. As far as the NCHC is concerned, the schedule is completely different, uh, especially when we talk about this pod. You're going to be playing 10 games in 19 or 20 days. So, usually, college hockey you play on the weekends you have a friday saturday game and then it's you wait till the next week a lot of times that means hey you can play one goalie the whole year if you want you know minnesota duluth has played one goalie for the last three years so they haven't had anyone else in that so it's possible to have a goalie play over 90 percent of the games we're kind of seeing the opposite in the NHL right now where a lot of teams have the, the tandems. And also in college hockey, you can really roll out your top lines, uh, especially on a Saturday night when you know you don't got to play for six more days. You may see those top players in the third period play tons of minutes. And I think coaches have to, you know, manage energy levels. And you're not going to roll out the same goalie, you know, 10 times in 19 days. Uh, you can't lean on the same guys to play 30 minutes a night 10 times in 19 days it's not going to work so I think those are a couple of ways things are going to change a little bit for you know UND and the NCHC teams that are going into the pod hope you're enjoying our chat with Brad we'll get right back to that but first let's tell you about Built Bar Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar it comes in 16 amazing flavors if you don't like nuts that's cool they have eight chocolate nut free flavors but if you do, eight are for you. What I can tell you, though, 
all of our bars are 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. I mentioned they look and taste like a candy bar. Well, they are great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. The bars are low in calorie and low in sugar, yet high in protein and high in fiber. I call that a nutritional grand slam. Pillsy bailed on the pick of the week, but I got you covered with a peanut butter brownie. 20 grams of protein, only 170 calories, and just 3 grams of sugar. Go get all of your Built Bars at BuiltBar.com, and you can see all the great flavors that are available for you. That's Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and that'll get you 20% off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your first order. Wow, I can't believe you, that stat there on the Minnesota Duluth. Shades of Corey Schwab backing up Martin Brodeur in the, the late 90s where you just sit on the bench for 78 games. But uh, we're a goalie-friendly show, so before we get to the NODAC players that Sens fans are going to be watching for sure, tell us about the attendees who are, are going to be suiting up for them. Are they have an NHL future, or what are they seniors? Like, What's the deal with them? Yeah, they got a senior in Peter Tomei. He's a, a Columbus Blue Jackets pick. Uh, and then they have an undrafted free agent, Adam Scheel, who I thought had a chance to go um, in the Vancouver draft uh, two years ago. And he didn't end up getting picked. I thought that he, he, he played at the NTDP, uh, U.S. under 17 and 18 team. And really, they've kind of gone back and forth. Scheel was the guy two years ago. Last year before Christmas, Scheel played every game and was excellent. He came back from Christmas uh had a couple of uh, starts where he stumbled out of the blocks uh peter tome came in and he was excellent the rest of the year so they've got two really experienced goaltenders and uh we'll see where they're able to take it but they also have the luxury of playing in front of a very good defensive core yeah and i want to get into that defensive core as half of that defensive core is property of the Ottawa Senators. And you were mentioning to us before we started the interview that you've actually got to see a lot of Tyler Clevin. So I want to get your opinion on, on him because he's a polarizing prospect. Like there was a lot of people that thought the Sens were a little bit crazy reaching and trading up to get him. And a lot of um, prospect reporters and scouts didn't like his game. What can you tell us about Tyler Clevin and what we can expect to see from him now that he's at NODAC? I can see why they uh, traded up to get him because he's, he has so many intriguing tools. He's first of all, he's, he's a throwback in the way he's physically dominant. Uh, and, and I go back to like covering him when he was in high school, when he was like in 10th grade, he was playing varsity and here he was, he, he was a tall kid, but he was just a beanpole. He was just skinny and scrawny, but he would go out there and just destroy guys. And, and if, you, if you see him off the ice, he's kind of got like a baby face. And like he came out and um, uh, he comes out of the locker room and he walks there and he's just like this scrawny beam pole. He has like his glasses on and he's, he has the baby face. And you're like, wait a sec, that was the guy that was just destroying everyone the last uh, 30 minutes? No way. Um, and and uh, another time I remember that there was a team here who had a senior who was just a kid who was tough as nails. He was on a bad football team and uh, he was the quarterback and just took a beating. 
and this kid got up from the beat all that's he was just one of the toughest kids and he was a senior and I'm covering this game and and Clevin has the puck and he he kind of passes it and he's not looking and I see the senior like zoning in on him ready to blow him up I'm like oh boy like he's about to get blown up by this kid Clevin never saw him the kid hits him just flops down on his back <laughs> Clevin never saw him like Oh my goodness. And so when he went to the NTDP, I think everyone was like, thank goodness he left because he's going to kill someone in, in North Dakota high school hockey. So he has this intriguing part of his game where he's just super physically dominant. And everyone kind of fixates on that because that is what's so unique about his game. And you hear about it repeatedly. And then I got to these summer skates. These guys got up here this summer. And uh, all the scouting reports and prospect reports I, uh, I read are he's a big physical defenseman that doesn't have skill. And that is not at all what I saw. Uh, I think he's got really intriguing skill level. Uh, he confident. He was able to, you know, sk- uh, uh, pinch on plays, skate around uh, forwards who are trying to defend him. He's good at protecting the puck. He, ha- he can absolutely hammer a puck. He has a huge slap shot. He has a hard wrist shot. And he, uh, the thing I kept coming back to every time I watched it was like, these people saying he's, he doesn't have any skill. I, I just, you know, he, he's got skill. He does. And so that's why I see, and he's got size. He's, you know, 6'4". So a guy who has hands and can shoot the puck and has some skill and that physical aspect, I can see why teams are super intrigued because uh, I don't know where he's going to go from here, but when you look at all those pieces to his game, he could be a really, really elite defenseman. He has those aspects. So, you know, we'll see where he goes, but that's why the Sens, I'm guessing, jumped at him because they say, hey, if the pieces come together, this is a first-round pick you're getting in the second round. And it's a type of player who the Sens have targeted before, going all the way back to Anton Volchenkov, but then Mark Borowiecki, Jared Cowan, Eric Greiba, like they love these big, towering defensemen. My question, though, the Sens have seen a second-round pick go to Nodak recently on the back end, and it didn't work out to the point where he transferred to Omaha. Will mm-hmm. Tyler Clevin get an opportunity to play every single game? Yeah, I, I think he will. You know, it's, you know he, he's a, a very different player from Johnny Taconic. But yeah, you know, I, a lot of those guys you mentioned, I'm not super familiar with. I, I do know Eric Griba, and to me, he, he's a lot, Clevin's a lot more skilled than Griba. I, I don't know if it's going to come out this year. My guess is UND has a lot of defensemen that are going to take the power play time in a lot of the offensive situations. And his point total may not be that high. Sens fans are going to go into a panic and say it was a terrible pick. Be patient with the kid. He, he, he's not a kid who's going to be ready for the NHL in a year. But he is a guy, if he continues to develop, he's got a lot of intrigue right there. You know, he, he can be a shutdown defender, and I do think we're going to see uh, him become a very good offensive player for North Dakota. Um, where he fits in, I, I think he's going to play quite a bit. I, you know, I, I foresee him you know, getting some penalty kill time just because he is that physical presence. and. He, he can defend and he's got that length and reach and size. So the power play time, that's going to be later in his career. But I think, I think he will be a power play guy by the time he leaves here for sure. 
Yeah, you make a lot of good points. And I think Ross and I have tried to preach on the Tyler Clevin uh, front that it's not a big deal if this guy spends all four years at Nodak. Like, there's no rush. Yeah. And, like, the skills you talked about are very raw, his his physical uh, power and stuff. If, if you can put that all together in your time at Nodak, he could be mm-hmm. a really good player. And I want to ask about the other Nodak defenseman taken in this draft, and that's Jake Sanderson, a very different player. What can we expect from him coming into UND? And do you anticipate that, hey, maybe he's a good D partner for a guy like JBD? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, there's potential there. I think Sanderson, to me, is just super polished. Like, he's, you know, Clevin's got the longer uh, road. He, he could be a really good player. Sanderson is the type of guy that's going to jump in month number one right here in the pod and be a really good player. Like I saw him last year and he was, he could have played college hockey last year. He was, he was ready to do that. He just has so many really good aspects to his game. He skates well, he defends well, he makes good decisions. He's got terrific vision. I, I don't think people talk about his vision uh, very often but you know I, I see him make plays where he's at the blue line and he's got a forward coming out to him and he has a split second to make a decision and he finds some open forward that I never saw and it's like man like he can make a, a quick decision and make the right decisions he's just so polished already and so I, I think he's going to be playing in every situation from the start uh, I think he can play power play you know he, he, because of his skating ability he's so good at uh, cutting through the neutral zone and gaining the offensive zone on his own. He can do that. He's, he can jump up in the play. He makes good decisions there. He gets the puck to his teammates when he gets looks. Of course, I saw him in summer hockey. So you know what summer hockey's like. Yeah, it's, it's just... Uh, it's, goal after goal after goal. There, yes, there, there's no defense. But um, So when he does get his opportunities, which he got a lot in the summer, he can score. So, you know, I, I just think there's really no deficiencies in his game. And, you know, he's going to be able to step in pretty quick. Oh, it's going to be awesome. We hope that we see him paired with Jacob Bernard Docker. He's going to be wearing a letter with the team. And I'm excited about Bernard Docker because he seems like the kind of guy where points don't necessarily tell the whole story of his game. But then you look and he was almost a point per game last year. Like how dominant can he be going into his junior year? Well, well, first of all, are you sure you want to see them paired together? Because if if they put JBD with Matt Kierstead, then their first pair, you might have JBD. Their second pair, Sanderson. Your third pair, Clevin. <laughs> a senator on the ice, 60 minutes a game. That's wild. Yeah, we'll take you know that. Guys, yeah, we'll take that. Is Kierstead one of the like senior guys? Kierstead's a senior. He actually was probably one of the top five most coveted uh, free agents in college hockey last year. You're going to hear his name a lot. You know how you always hear the college guys who's everyone want to sign? He's going to be that guy this year that everyone kind of wants to sign this year. Um, A lot of people were really surprised he ended up coming back this year. So uh, Kierstead's a senior who's going to have a lot of offers at the end of the year. And um, so, yeah, he, he could end up playing with JBD. And, yeah, I think uh, Bernard Docker's got a pretty well-rounded game. He, he defends really well, uh, skates well. Uh, offensively, he's really good at uh, changing the angle of his shot. You know, he has the, the puck at the point, and he'll have a guy on him, and you'll, you'll think the guy's in the lane, and he'll make a quick move and get it to the net. 
Uh, I can see why he scored so many goals in junior. He scored his fair amount here too. And that's how he does it. it. It's point shots that he's just so adept at getting to the net and some of them end up going in. Um, and then the ones that don't, you got Brady Kachuk at the next level, ready to bang home any, any sort of rebounds. But hey, that's a skill in itself as a defense and being able to get the puck through traffic. I want to go back. You mentioned Kierstad as being a, a really sought after free agent. Same could be said on the forward side with Jordan Kawaguchi. Which one do you think of those guys is more eyeballs from scouting world going to be on? That's a good. That's a good question. I, I think you'll see. Um, you'll see teams after teams were after both after this last year, and um, the the teams I heard were not the same teams. Um, so there were different teams that were in on each guy. So it, it you know I think it just depends what you're looking for, um, you know. But uh, yeah, I think they'll they'll both have offers at the end of this year. Yeah, so we covered all the uh, Ottawa Senators NODAC defensemen. We cannot leave out Shane the Bean Pinto. And this is a guy who, he made it clear, there was some unfinished business last season. They wanted to, to win that championship. They were poised to do so. What can we expect from Shane Pinto this year? And do you think this could be his final season in NODAC? Yeah, you know, I think uh, a lot of the, the Senator guys are going to have decisions to make after this year. Pinto will, Bernard Docker will, um, you know, Sanderson's still young. Uh, of course, Ottawa's going to want to sign him. Uh, you have a first-round pick. They, they want to get them under team control. But he's, he's actually supposed to be a senior in high school this year. He, he had to roll two years of high school into one to get to NODAC this year. Wow. Um, and, and his family... Uh, heading into last season, so last summer, they were content with playing junior hockey this year. And, and Seth Appert had to tell them, hey, like, you're ready to go to college. Let's, you might want to look into uh, upping your class load here and seeing if you can get to school. So is he going to be one of the youngest guys in the NCHC pod? You know what? Uh, that will be something good to look up here for me. Uh, <laughs> But, but oh, hey, we sure. love. I'm just reading your article right before yeah. we had you on the one today, and you have to let, go read it. We're retweeting it at Sense Central as well, breaking down each team into the pod. But yeah, with Shane Pinto, too, it seems like his game is just 200 foot. We had uh, Pat Micheletti on earlier last week, and he was saying he's a guy you want out there in the last minute, whether you're up a goal or down a goal. Yeah, he, he is a 200 foot guy, a, a hard to play against power forward type that. He's going to score a ton of goals. He he just has a, a he can uh, really shoot the puck. Great shot. Um, you know Jordan Kawaguchi should lead the team in assists this year. Pinto, I would guess, will lead the team in goals. He definitely has a goal scorer's knack. UND last year, uh, in junior, he kind of played a bunch of different positions on the power play. He had never played in the left circle. And so they tried that. They tried doing the old Ovechkin, the right-handed shot in the left circle there. And he was fantastic at it. He really could one-time a puck, and it, it just added a completely different dimension to their power play. And so, you know, he's, he's got a fantastic one-timer, one of the best I've seen here. And, you know, he can shoot a wrist shot. Like you said, he does other, he, other things really well. He's a great face-off guy defends well because he's hard to play against he's a really good player and you know I, I think uh, there are other teams that are thinking they probably should have taken him in the first and in Ottawa got a really good pick there to, to open the second with him 
Yeah, you love a full 200-foot player that uh, can be used in any and all situations like like Pinto. One last question for me, Brad. Um, a lot of Sens fans were very, very uh, clear with what Nodak can do. But what about the rest of the college game? Like, who do you think in the NCHC is most likely to upset UND? I think Denver's uh, going to be right up there, too. They're, they've got a pretty loaded team as well. And they, they ha- they're a team that doesn't have a lot of question marks. Like I look at North Dakota and Denver are the two teams with the fewest question marks. They have the most guys back, the most guys that are, you know what they're going to do. They're going to be good. It, and it's all three positions, forward, D, goaltender. They're, they're pretty well set. The other teams I think have a few question marks, but right below them I would say would be like um, St. Cloud State, Minnesota, Duluth, and Omaha. All three of those teams – I think are going to be pretty good, but they, they also have more question marks on, you know, unknowns or maybe holes in the roster than North Dakota and Denver do. Oh, that's fair. And one last one for me here is, okay. It's unfair to, to mention Sanderson and Clevin. So I'm going to leave those two aside, but with JBD, he's going into his junior year. We know another Sens defenseman currently who played three years at NODAC. How would you compare the development curve of JBD with Christian Willannon at the same stage? Yeah, um, that's kind of hard just because they were such different types of players. Like right. Willannon is so offensive. And I, I thought with Willannon, you could see the flashes his freshman year. You could see like, okay – He's going he's gonna to be really good. There are some things to iron out in his game, but he's, you know, and this is, he was getting scratched uh, his freshman year from time to time. And, and that's why sometimes I feel like uh, NHL and prospect followers, they, they just sometimes uh, expect too much and panic too much. Like they think their prospects should be scoring this many goals a night and I've seen so many like really good NHL players come through the program that have gone through that that you know hey they're going to be scratched here but they may eventually be an NHL player Willannon's curve might have been steeper Bernard Docker might have been more polished when he came in than Willannon but they're just such different players and I'm I'm really you know Willannon's junior year he was when he really, really took off and became a super dominant player. And was that the year that they won the Natty? No, that was his freshman year. Oh that was wow! Kind of in and out of the lineup, and and part of the reason is you know uh, they had tons of really good defensemen. Um, uh, the guys playing ahead of them, you know, Troy Stetcher as uh, NHL guy. You know, Paula Dew is uh, played for the Kings and now signed with Washington. Tucker Pullman's on the. Uh, Winnipeg Jets you know so you know there's a lot of really good defensemen ahead of them and and and, you know we could probably say the same about you know like a Clevin this year if fans may panic oh man he's a second round pick and he's playing on the third pair he's not you know like relax like it's development doesn't happen overnight and some of these guys turn into really good picks and the guys I'm listing off to you uh, a lot of these guys are we're not talking first round picks like Stetcher is undrafted Ledoux was like sixth round. Poolman was like fifth or sixth round. You know, so those are pretty good picks when you when you can get an NHL or out of those rounds. I, I think Willannon's has a bright future. Uh, I'm I was really excited to see what he was going to do last year. Unfortunately, he got injured, and, and I'm excited to see what he he does in the future because I think he could be a really good prospect for them. And 
Uh, it was his junior year that where he really became a dominant player, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what Bernard Docker uh, becomes this year because uh, I think he could be an outstanding player for him again. Well, we're going to be following it through your words with the Grand Forks Harriel, yeah. Harold at Sloshman GF. You can find him on Twitter. We'll be sure to be with you every step of the way. And, hey, maybe you could join us after the pod. We'd love an update on from your firsthand experience of what these Sens prospects are bringing to the table. Thanks so much for joining us today, Brad. For sure, for sure. One last thing, if like Sens fans uh, want to watch the games, I know they're all on NCHC TV. Uh, they have a different subscription options. You can buy all the NODAC games for the whole year, or you can just buy just the pod games for the year. So, hey, if, you, if you're missing hockey and you really want to see some, um, you have an opportunity. Thanks once again to Brad for joining us on the show. A must follow for Sens fans. Always, but especially now. And as we mentioned, stay tuned the rest of the week. Very North Dakota heavy and for good reason. But also making noise, Maxence Gwinnett in Val d'Or. I already made the comparison. He plays for Le Foreur, the Miners, and he is a diamond in the rough. This guy is now on a four-game heater. He's got goals in three straight, and he is an offensive catalyst on one of the best teams in the queue. Yeah, he just keeps chugging along. And uh, Mackenzie-Net, like this is a guy Ross. We're gonna we're gonna start dialing in on a lot more. I think right hand shot defenseman that can put points up. Mind you, it's the Q, but still, you play good where you play. That you can't knock that. Sixteen points in fifteen games for this guy, and I think there's no reason he's gonna stop. He's gonna be a point per game guy probably the rest of the season now. Yeah, you gotta hope so. And I was jokingly kind of saying, how's this guy not getting a look for? Um, for the world juniors, you got to remember he's still 19 years old. So a seventh round pick making this kind of noise this early, like you, you gotta love to see it. So only good things coming out of the queue. If you're the Ottawa senators and that's including practice facilities as Brian Dubé, just tweeting out right now. Thanks for the tag too at OLP sports at dupe seven, his client, Igor Sokolov rifling one-timers at Cape Breton practice. So head on over to at Send Central. Check out that video. Sokolov just rifling pucks. Socko snipes is going to be a great hashtag for a t-shirt one day as well. And hey, some one-timers coming off the stick of Eric Brandstrom. That sounds pretty nice. Sounds like he won't be teeing up any of his lag now teammates. It's going to be weird if he does end up. The rumor is he's already back in Sweden right now. Has left Switzerland. That's unconfirmed at the moment. But what a weird way to end his time in Switzerland, just taking a punch in the face. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a weird impression to end on, that's for sure. But you know what? I think Eric Branstrom, it's, he's had his time there. The Swiss League has not had success uh, battling COVID cases and trying to keep a solid schedule going. So His team hasn't had much success putting the puck in the net either. Yeah, so so no success on or off the ice. I think the the Swiss League experiment with Brandstrom, it was okay, but it's it's time to close that down. And yeah, hopefully he's in Sweden. I don't know. I don't know what uh, he's doing in Sweden, picking up some of his stuff or something, and then he's heading over to North America because he's going to have to do that fourteen day quarantine, right? So he's got to get here soon if. If the NHL, the, the talks that they're having about a Jan 1 start date is, is true, which I don't think anyone involved in the situation really thinks it is true, but they haven't changed their mind or changed dates. Eric Branson's got to get over here pretty soon to get that 14-day uh, quarantine in so that he's ready for training camp. Do you think Rudy Balsers will be soon behind him? This guy is making a complete joke out of the Norwegian League. 
yeah, Rudy Balsers, uh, he he doesn't need to play in Norway anymore. So I wouldn't be that shocked if he comes uh, a couple days later, starts making his way back to North America because this guy, he just keeps going. He scored a shorthanded goal and had an assist in a 7-2 win on Saturday. The Oilers are just pouncing on teams. He has seven goals, 15 points in 10 games. And I told you guys he was going to be consistent. How about five straight games scoring? Not bad. Hey, that'll do. And that'll do for us today. Check back tomorrow. Alex Heinart, the play-by-play voice on Midcoast Sports, will be calling every game in the bubble, and he'll join us tomorrow. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.